As you know, today I'm preaching on uh, who needs a breakout. In order for us to break out, we got to know what we're breaking out from, right? If we're breaking out of something, that means we're in something. You know, that the opposite of out is in. And a lot of us are in a lot of things. You know, we're stuck in a rut. We're stuck in a situation. We're walking in something, walking through something. We're dealing with something. We're, we're processing something. We're downloading something. There's something that we're trying to break free from. We're trying to break out of. And what we got to understand, Crossroads Church, is during moments like this, during moments of worship, uh, I need to teach you uh, through this because what we're doing is the Holy Spirit is allowing us to process our emotions, process how we feel. So when we feel upset, or we feel depressed, or we feel discouraged, or we feel distraught, it's in these moments that if we allow the Holy Spirit to do what He can do, right, He can come into our lives before I lay my hands on you, before I preach a word, and just start breaking out. Look at your neighbor right now and say, excuse me, but I just might break out. Yeah, yeah, say it like, say it like you mean it, like you really need to break out. Who, who's in the house today that you got some stuff that you are ready to shake loose off of you? Look at your neighbor again and say, hey, neighbor, excuse me, but I just might break out. Sing it with me. I exalt you today. hands lifted up in this place. Come on. Lord, refresh us today. We're tired and we're weary. Sometimes we feel like we can't go on, but we exalt you anyways. But we exalt you anyways. Regardless of how I feel, I, I exalt you anyways. We exalt you, God. We lift you up. That means that we lift you up. We, we're tired of lifting ourselves up. 
We're tired of us getting all the attention. I'm tired of my problem getting all of the attention. I've given more focus to my issue than to you. God, you're worthy of my praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, I think for the, the word for the season and the moment is we give our attention too too much attention. We give our problem too much attention. And God not enough. Amen. You know what I'm saying? We spend more time talking about what's going wrong than talking about how good God is. Amen. Sometimes us believers are just like the world. We, we just talk about how bad the world is and how bad things are. And, and we should just be talking about how good God is and how great he is and how strong he is and how powerful he is and, and what he is able to do. Who's with me today? God is a good God. He does good things and he does great things and he does powerful things. Amen. Well, give God a praise in this house if you believe that he's about just to do something crazy today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, um, I know I don't talk much, but uh, I feel some of the in my heart, you know. Um, I feel like there's something, you know, there's somebody in here is going through something. Um, and there's something that's keeping you back from, you know, coming down to this altar, to God's altar and giving him your problems. Whatever it was, that whatever it is that may be going on in your life, God, it does it does not matter what happened this week. It does not matter what happened yesterday. My God can heal you, and you can He can take away those problems. All you have to do is come to this altar right here and give Him whatever it is that's on your heart. And I promise you, I promise you, good things will happen. I I promise you. And, and I know we've been we've been worshiping for a while, but you know I want to go back into that song one more time. And whatever it is that may be holding you back from worshiping God with 100, 100% of your heart, I pray that you just let it go and give God all that you have. Give him all of your issues. God is bigger than your issues. He is bigger than your addictions. He's bigger than your problems. Anything that this life has to throw at you, God has something bigger for you. And it's something better for you. And I feel like we should just worship one more time and just give God all that you have. Lift his name up. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is in this place this morning. So uh, as we go into worship, let's give God all you have. Don't hold anything back. Don't hold anything back. I promise you amazing things will happen.
here's what we're going to do. You can be seated right where you're at. I'm going to ask the band to stand and play with me. I'm going to make this quick. By all means, keep praying at the altar. We're going to be right back there real quick. Okay. Turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. You don't have to stand up. You've been standing up. This is, this is David talking. He's already king at this point. He's He's been through a lot in his life. We've, we've spent recently talking about the life of David and many things about David in our previous series. We're wrapping up this Sunday. We've been talking about breaking bad. We've been talking about breaking through and being broken and breaking in. And now we're talking about breaking out and by the way, today is my mom's birthday. I love you. Happy birthday. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. Say amen when you're there. One day, David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And he summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba, the king asked. Now, for those that are unaware, let me connect these dots for you. If we get these side lights on, please, uh, just for the people on the side that may have trouble reading because uh, of our light issue here today. Um, to connect these dots, real quick, remember Saul is the, the, this is the guy, this is the same Saul that tried to kill David, that hates David. This is the same Saul. And so Saul had a son named Jonathan. Everyone say Jonathan. Because I need you to understand all the dots in this. It's like a big, complicated family, much like maybe your family. Everybody said amen to that. <laughs> You're like, not pastor. This is my wife's family. It's complicated. Not my family. Whatever. But so Saul had a son named Jonathan. Saul and David were enemies. Are you, are you with me? This is David talking to a guy named Ziba, who was from Saul's kingdom. David is now the king. Saul and his people have been pushed out. Saul's son, Jonathan, David's biggest enemy, turns out his son and him were best friends. The Bible says that they were so close, it was like their, their souls were knit together. They were, they were BFFs before there was a BFF. They were best friends. And so he says, are you Ziba? The king asked. He says, yes, sir, I am. He said, that's who I am. And the king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? This a bit, a, it's been a while since Saul and his kingdom and his people have been driven out. And, and David's been the king. And he says, there's anyone still alive? And he says, anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. What? 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 Did anybody catch that? You want to show kindness to your enemy? The guy that tried to kill you? The guy that chased you into the desert? You, you were king and you had to hide in the clefts of the rock. And yet you want to somehow bless this guy who's with me today. He says, in fact, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. So it would be, it would be like my friend's son is still alive. Jonathan's son, one of his sons is still alive. He's crippled in both feet. And David says, where is he? 
he says he's in Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Right. If, if you ever traveled outside of Belton, maybe to another state, and they're like, where are you from? I'm like, from Belton. And they're like, where's that? That's Lodabar. That would be like, that would be like them traveling somewhere, and they're like, where are you from? We're from a thou. I am from a Lodabar. What? Where's Lodabar? Well, you know, if you blink, you miss it kind of thing. From Lodabar. And so he says, I'm from Lodabar. He, there is, is, is a man still alive, and he is at the home of Makir, son of Emil. And so David sent for him and brought him from Makir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. He was, and that's a name. I don't know if his parents hated him or what, but Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. Are you still with me, church? You see who this is? It was Jonathan. Jonathan and David were best friends. Jonathan's dad was Saul. Saul hated David. This is Saul's grandson. And when he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect, or in some versions, he says he fell. And, and the real translation here in the Hebrew is, is that he fell dead. It means like when he fell, he fell as if he were dead before the king's feet. And he, he laid down in deep respect. He went low to the ground. This was the king of all of Israel. And Mephibosheth replied, I'm your servant. And David says, don't be afraid. I intend to show you kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I'm not showing kindness because of anything that you've done. I'm showing kindness because of who your father was to me. There are some people that are in a seat today, not because of anything that you've done, but you had a praying grandma, you had a praying parent, you had a praying dad. Come on, somebody. And when you were up living in hell and doing all kinds of nightclubbing and bar hopping and being, you don't act like you've never been there, but that's okay. God knows, and I do too. And you were in places you should have never been. Somebody was up on their knees praying to God to save you, and God set you before him today to say, you have come into the house not because of what you've done, but because I gave your grandma a promise 50 years ago and told her that her whole family would be saved. Come on, give God a praise today. My mother has three brothers. Two are left. One died recently, went, went on to be with the Lord. But I remember growing up, he was not a believer. He was not a Christ follower. He was the opposite of that. I can remember it, and this is not to embarrass her or to embarrass the family. It's just maybe you got family like this. And we'd get together at Christmas, and they would drink all kinds of alcohol, and I would watch them get drunk, and I'd watch my parents be the only sane people in the room. But you know what my mother did? God gave her mother a promise. My grandmother is dead. It's been passed away over 18 years. But, but God gave my grandmother a promise passed that promise on to my mother and I watched my brother and I, my dad, we watched our mom well and pray for her brothers and I watched her brother and my dad led my uncle before he passed away in his home, on his deathbed to the Lord, prayed the sinner's prayer with him and he says to Mephibosheth I made a promise to my friend Jonathan that if any of us, whoever died first, we would honor the family. 
we would bring them in and we would honor them. And so Jonathan died the day that his father died as well. Saul died. They both died. Saul died on the same battlefield that he died with his son, Jonathan. David lost a king and he lost his friend that day. Years have gone by. Years have gone by. And Mephibosheth is left of this family. He was the, 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 the day, let me, by the way, let me tell you some backstory real quick. The day that Saul and his dad, Jonathan, died, Mephibosheth's dad, Jonathan, died, it was a battle. It was a battle that was happening. And, and one of the nurses in the house of Saul came up to scoop up Mephibosheth. And on her way to get out of harm's way, she tripped. And Mephibosheth, he fell and he became crippled at the age of five, the Bible tells us. It was crippled the rest of his life. And so when, when Saul's kingdom was driven out and David becomes king, he moves to a place called Lodabar. Everyone say Lodabar. Lodabar literally means translated. It means a desolate place. Now, I want you to think about where you are right now emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially. You might feel like you're in a place called Lodabar. You're like, Pastor Matt, I'm, I'm the mayor of Lodabar. I know all about Lodabar. I, I knew about it before before anybody else. I, I set up camp at Lodabar. I feel like I'm in Lodabar. I feel like years have gone past from God's promises, the things that he has told me that he was going to do for me and do for my family and the prophecies and the promises, and yet I'm stuck over here in Lodabar, and I know who God is, and I know what he's capable of, and I know all the verses that you say all the time, Ephesians 3, 20, 21, that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ever ask or think. All right, praise God. Jeremiah 29, 11, that you have plans and prosper me, and you have plans to prosper me and not to harm me, and, and, and plans of peace for me, and okay, I know all of that, Pastor Matt, but I am living in Lodabar. In my flesh, I'm in Belton, but in my spirit, I'm in Lodabar. I'm in a place that's been forgotten about. I'm in a place where I feel deserted. Church, God has sent me here today as a messenger to tell you, you may feel like Mephibosheth. You may feel like you're in Lodabar, but there is a king in heaven who is looking down from his throne, can look through this ceiling and the clouds and the sky above us, look right down to your heart where you're at and somehow whisper into your soul, into your ear, and maybe he has already says, son, I haven't forgotten about you. Daughter, I haven't forgotten about you. You may think I have forgotten about you, but this is the Sunday that God is sending Ziba, his messenger, to you and says, hey, go to Lodabar, Pastor Matt. Go to Belton, and you tell them, is there anyone left that needs to be blessed? If so, bring them to the house of the Lord. Are you with me today, church? I am Ziba today. God has sent me to tell you in Lodabar, hey, there is a king who has got a blessing for you. He has not forgotten about you. He has not placed you on a shelf to collect dust. This is your season. This is your moment for a breakthrough, for a breakout. But your thing that you've got to do, look at your neighbor and say, it's on you, baby. No, no, no. Look at your other neighbor and say it like you mean it. It's on you. Because see, Mephibosheth, he could have said, no, I'm going to stay in Lodabar. He could have stayed because in fear, he was like, wait a second. That's the king that took over for my granddad. Him and my granddad, 
weren't the best of friends. Now, I know him and my dad were, but him and my grand, my granddad tried to kill him. My granddad, if I, this is a trap. If I go back, if I go back, if I go back, and some of us keep playing the what if game every day. What if, what if, what if, yeah, what if today you decide to let God be God? What if today, like my friend Aaron said, just like the law of gravity, God's got some laws of his own. If you will yield to him, allow him to bend you and to break you and to mold you, what if you just were to step back and say, God, I'm going to let you be God in my life, in my marriage, in my home, in my church, my finances, my career. I've tried to do this too long by myself. I've tried to do this too much on my own. It's your chance to be God. Look at your neighbor and say, God, let God do what he does best. Look at your other neighbor and say, God's got this. Say, God's got this. So Mephibosheth, verse 7, don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show you kindness to you because, because of a promise I made to your father, Jonathan. And I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul. Somebody should just give God a shout right there. I'm going to give you all the property. Technically, it's David's. He's the king. Wherever he looks, it's his. But he says, I'm going to give you everything that belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. You will eat with me here. Uh, not at the table with the servants, not out there with the dogs. I don't care if life has left you crippled. I don't care if you don't look like a king's kid. You don't smell like a king's kid. You don't walk like a king, but you are a king's kid. And he says, come and eat at the king's table. Get back to the place where you belong. Church, the word for you today is to get back to the place where you belong. Get back to the king's table. See, God is bringing closure for some of you. He's bringing closure for some of you in your life, in your marriage. Closure, 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 closure to the things that when life has left you broken and battered and beaten down and distraught and discouraged and depressed. God is going to bring some closure today. He's going to wrap up some things. He's going to close the book on some things. He's going to finish the chapter on some things. Some of the things, yeah, give God a praise right now. Some of the things that were left undone, some of the things that have been left unsaid, some of the questions that you have. God is about, I don't know who this word is for, but closure is about to find you. God's going to start bringing some closure, and you're going to say today, thus saith the Lord, aha. Somebody in here is going to have an aha moment. You're going to be like, that's why he did that. That's why he brought me here. That's why he said that. I forgot you did that five years ago, God. But now I see why you had me walk through that. Now I see why you had me do this. Listen to me, church. If David and Jonathan never became best friends, Mephibosheth would have been left for the rest of his life to rot in a place literally called deserted. But God had a plan even for a crippled old man who everybody thought no one's left of that family. There's no one left. But God says, there's somebody left. And I feel like God is singling out 
However, he does it each and every one of us today. And he's saying, you're left. You, 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 you. I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't forgotten about you. The stuff that I promised your grandmother, you're going to see it come to pass. The stuff that I told your mother, you're going, for every parent in here, the stuff that God's told you for your kids, you better hang on to that and not let go of that. God is bringing you back to his table today. And he's saying, you're a king's kid, my son. You're a king's kid, my daughter. Stop eating in places where you don't belong. You belong back at a table with your king. You belong back at a table with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. And God is saying, come and eat at the king's table. Come back to your rightful place. Come back to the place where you belong. It's time to break out, amen? It's time to break free and to shed the things that have been holding us back, that have kept us captive, the things that have kept us from being all that God has destined us to be. The sleepless nights, the hopeless situations, the heartbreak, the headache, the migraines, the the aches and the pains and the disappointments of life. One moment, one word from God, it can all go away. What Aaron was telling you earlier, it was already, he and I had lunch on Friday. It was already in my notes. That is a true story. We're standing by his truck talking after lunch and he was talking. I said, whoa, 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 whoa true story that's in my sermon notes thank you god for confirming it and that's simply this church either we believe god is who he says he is or we don't it's that simple either you believe today either you believe today right where you sit you know what this is my time for a breakout i'm gonna get what is mine i'm not gonna let the devil keep me in my seat because of pride keep me in my seat because i'm afraid of what might look like or i might shed some tears or my makeup might run Friend, I got news for you. When you get to heaven, you're going to dance out of your skin. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do when I see Jesus. If I'm going to dance, or I'm going to fall on my face or if I'm going to go crazy. But 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 I might as well get ready here on this earth to praise him. Amen. Regardless. And, and if, well, we've gone down that road before. But if you don't like my praise, that's fine. I'm not here to praise you. I'm not here to glorify you. I'm here to glorify Jesus. So either today, either today. You believe God's word for what it is, or you don't. And if you're here today, I don't care where you came from, I don't care your background, you may have more degrees in the thermometer. Congratulations. I don't care your financial situation, if you got more money than God, or if you don't have any money at all. I don't care. I'm not here to pre-qualify you. God's not here to pre-qualify you. He's not going to say, if you'll do this, this, and this, then I might touch it. No, 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 no. He's just saying a broken and a humble spirit I would not despise. David prayed that in Psalms 51. He said, God, a broken and humble, contrite spirit you would deny. That's all you have to have, a broken and contrite spirit. Number one, some of you are just saying, well, Pastor Matt, I'm halfway there. I'm already broken. He's already broken me. Great. You're halfway there. He said, a broken and contrite heart I would not despise. So God's not here to pre-qualify you. So if you're here today and you're broken and you're ready to break out, 
you're ready to get past this stuff in life. I mean, you're ready for some closure. I, I don't mean the people that just halfway want a blessing. I'm talking to the person in here who said, God, you knew exactly what I came here for today. You knew that I needed to hear this message, that I needed a breakout, that if I keep living like I'm living, then I'm never going to be that all God, all this, that God's, be all that God's intended me to, to be and to have. But Pastor Matt, you're talking to me. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready to break free. I'm ready to break loose and shed the chains and the bondage and the depression and the distractions. I'm ready to walk out of here feeling like I've never felt before. Walk out of here with the weight off my shoulders. I'm ready to breathe deep again. I'm ready to rest peacefully again. I'm ready for peace in my home and in my marriage and my finances. And, and, and if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet all across this place. And I want you to make a place at the altar. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't come because it's popular. Come because you want it. And you just begin to press in. You can kneel. You can stand. But you do what you got to do. But just press in. Press through. Tell God what's on your heart. Expose your heart to God. Share with him what's on your mind. Say, God, I'm ready for a breakthrough. If you're here with your husband or your wife, grab them by the hand and pray together. Say, God, give us some miracle we need. Break free. Break free. Break through and break free today. church just pour out your heart to him say god i need a breakthrough i need a breakthrough i'm ready to break out i'm ready to break out god i'm ready to break out don't be shy don't be timid don't hold it back this is not your moment to hold back Give us a breakthrough. Give us the breakthrough we need.
time. He loves us.